welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, and I have another cool story for you guys this week. Um, so continuing on with my Texas trend, um, and just a quick uh, reminder in case you missed it, I did move to Texas, so the next month or so, every episode is going to be um, an event or a creature that was spotted in Texas. That's um, going to be the theme going going forward for for at least a month, because um, it's fun and I'm enjoying it. Um, it's also, it's it's interesting for me to be like researching things that are happening around um, where I live now. So hopefully it's interesting for you guys to be listening to it. Um, and I just want to add too, because I think it's kind of funny, it, it just clicked in my head, but um, it is basketball night um, in my household. So I am drinking a beer, which I don't normally drink, but I am drinking a Lone Star, which just kind of is funny to me because I'm doing an episode on a Texas UFO incident and drinking a Texas beer. So um, let's get into this week's episode. This one I actually did not know existed. I didn't know anything about it um, until one day I... thought I saw something weird in the sky and texted my dear friend Aaron Dees, uh, who is also a Texas resident, um, to say, hey, uh, are there a lot of UFOs in Texas? And he said, oh, there sure are. Um, And he gave me a bunch of recommendations for cases to look into um, and different uh, happenings related to aliens and UFOs. Um, And this is actually one of them. This is the first one I I decided to research and I thought it was a very cool story. So figured I would do my episode on it. Um, So I'm going to tell you guys about the Aurora crash. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so on April 17th, 1897, Judge J.S. Proctor experienced something most people cannot relate to. A UFO crashed on his farm. The cigar-shaped craft came falling from the sky, plowing through the, mid- the windmill excuse me, on the farm before landing in Proctor's flower garden. This would be six years before the Wright brothers would fly the first airplane, so the possibility that it was just a simple uh, man-made aircraft, and the chances are slim. Not entirely impossible, but it is very slim. This crash caught the attention of people all over Aurora and also um, people from the nearby city of Fort Worth. And those interested parties gathered on Proctor's farm to help kind of assist with the cleanup. I think a lot of them were probably mostly just being nosy, but, uh, you know, decided to stay and help clean up uh, this wreckage. Um, Upon inspecting the crash, they discovered a being that was, quote unquote, not of this world manning the ship. The craft was very badly damaged in the crash, breaking into numerous pieces of debris that were strewn about the farm, and the body inside the craft was badly burned and mangled. Despite the condition of the body, a stack of papers detailing what seemed to be a travel log in an unknown language that resembled hieroglyphics was recovered inside the clothing of the being. Unfortunately, no one yet has been able to discern what the notes truly mean. There were a lot of rumors originally that the being had claimed it was from Mars before dying in front of the residents that had gathered, but personally, I think that was just speculation based on the fact that the telescope technology um, had just progressed. They had, in in this time period, there was a new, uh, there was a new, um, 
I can't think of the word I'm looking for. A, a new chapter in technology, uh, specifically based around the telescope, um, that had kind of furthered what we already knew about space at that point. And there were some more like detailed, uh, more, I guess, better quality pictures um, and like information being released about Mars at that time. Um, so I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think people probably, uh, to kind of exaggerate it a little bit to, to make it kind of fit into what was happening in the news at that time, kind of just like try to beef the story up a little bit to be like, oh, it said it was from Mars, but there was nothing like found on it that claimed it was from Mars. That was, I think, just the general consensus everyone came to. And it didn't tell, you know, they, they found this body already dead. Um, it wasn't like alive and clinging to life and, you know, in an alien language said, hello, I am from Mars. Um, so that I think to me was purely speculation, but, um, I mean, it was at 1897. So who knows at this point? Um, anyway, the other thing that stood out, uh, to the residents that aided in the cleanup, aside from the fact that they were cleaning up the remnants of a craft, a crashed spaceship, excuse me was that the material of the debris was incredibly different from any other kind of material that they were familiar with. It was described as a smooth mixture of aluminum and silver, but because the ship was in so many pieces, they were not able to figure out how the pieces would be able to go together or how the craft ran or moved. In my personal opinion, the most interesting thing about this whole case was how the residents of Aurora chose to handle the supposed alien corpse. It was buried in nearby Aurora Cemetery, along with a few pieces of debris from the crash, and even given a headstone to mark its final resting place. The being was supposedly later removed by the government, which I then put in parentheses, shocker, though there have never been any reports of what they did with it. And then again, parentheses, who is surprised? Because why would they tell us? Uh, there were also um, some stories about a potential grave robber. Um, they this this kind of goes two ways. It goes the government route. The government came and stole the alien body, and then it goes the grave robber route, where the story goes that someone had taken a metal detector to the cemetery. Not really sure why. Probably to grave rob, because why else would they do that? Um, and initially, uh, over where the alien was buried, um, it showed pieces of metal in the ground with the, on the metal detector. Um, and then years later, this same person or maybe somebody else, I'm not really sure, went back, um, checked it again, and it was gone. Uh, the, the metal traces from the ground that were being picked up by the detector were gone. So I, I don't really know what the truth is. I don't think anybody at this point really knows what the truth is. But, you know, if I had to guess, I would say the government probably did it because that makes the most sense to me. Anyway, the headstone would later be removed um, as it was subject to vandalism and attempted theft several times, uh, but a Texas historical marker was placed on the gate just outside of the cemetery, marking the site where the quote-unquote legend occurred. Um, and I just want to add that initially, while I was doing this research, I was super excited about this um, because this occurred not even 45 minutes from where I live. And I was like, oh my God, if there's an alien headstone in a cemetery, you know, two things about me, 
uh, you, you know your girl loves a cemetery. Um, but then also you throw in the alien part of it, and that's just like a home run for me. Um, the only thing that would make it better is if there was also like a some sort of cryptid or something that lived in the cemetery. It would be like the, you know, triple, their, their trifecta, excuse me. Um, but, you know, real, I was like, wow, an alien gravestone, like not even an hour away from me. That's amazing. And then I learned that the, the headstone was no longer there. Um, and it did bum me out. Although I will probably go still see the historical marker because that is still cool to me. So anyway, I'm going to read what the historical marker actually says. It's got some information about some other things that are not necessarily uh, related to Alien, but um, that's okay because it's interesting. Um, so it reads, Aurora Cemetery, the oldest known graves here dating from as early as the 1860s are those of, Randall, of the Randall and Rowlett families. Finnis Dudley Beauchamp, 1825 to 1893, a Confederate veteran from Mississippi, donated the three-acre site to the newly formed Aurora Lodge in 1877. For many years, this community burial ground was known as a Masonic Cemetery. Beauchamp, his wife Caroline, and others in their family, that's a sentence, apparently, um, an epidemic which struck the village in 1891 adds hundreds of graves to the plot. Called spotted fever by the settlers, the disease is now thought to be a form of meningitis. Located in Aurora Cemetery is the gravestone of the infant Nellie Burris, which is often, with its often quoted epitaph, as I was so soon done, I don't know why I was begun. This is where we get to the good, the good part. <clears throat> This site is also well known because of the legend that a spaceship crashed here in 1897 and the pilot killed in the crash was buried here. That's the only line about the alien, but we're going to keep going anyway because we're already basically at the end. Struck by epidemic and crop failure and bypassed by the railroad, the original town of Aurora almost disappeared, but the cemetery remains in use with over 800 graves. Veterans of the Civil War, World Wars One and Two, and the Korean and Vietnam conflicts are interred here. So, there's a lot of information there. You don't have to really um, take in any of that except for the, the line about the alien. But I just, I just think it's kind of cool that with all of that other historical information, they did mention uh, this alien. Also, as I was reading that, I remembered that I saw an article about a uh, local person who it was distantly related to somebody involved in the cleanup um, and how she had given the alien the name of Ned and how it kind of stuck and now the alien is called Ned in that area. Um, I didn't put that in my episode because it's not super relevant, but <clears throat> I mean, I told you anyway, so now you know his name is Ned. Okay, so going back to the crash, the government did not immediately get involved in this incident. So when the residents of the area came to help clean up the aftermath of the crash, they disposed of these foreign metals and other various pieces of garbage from this crash on Judge Proctor's property, more specifically in his water well. This is my, f you know, I said the most interesting thing was that they buried the alien in 
the cemetery, the local cemetery. But I actually think this might be more interesting. So I'm going to read that line again so you guys can really take it in because this is so funny to me. So the government did not get involved immediately in this incident. So when the residents of the area came to help clean up the wreckage, they disposed of the Ford medals and other various debris on Judge Proctor's property, more specifically in his water well. Now, take a moment to process that. Surely this was not the best idea, since we now know, and I'm sure they probably knew this but it, back in 1897, I'm sure this couldn't have been a radical line of thought, but we all know that drinking water that's been soaking in metal um, and other sort of like motor debris, so like a car or like an oil, oiled engine or something is super dangerous, right? Like right off the bat, that's not good for you. Let alone metal that is supposedly from a different planet and alien race, right? Like you would think that's the next step up of probably not really good for you. But without a proper disposal site, that is where they chose to put this debris. So thankfully, the well, the water well was boarded up and no longer used by Judge Proctor. Um, and I wrote in my notes as he clearly was using at least half of his brain because that was a very smart decision to not drink the water that they just threw a bunch of trash into. Alien trash, nonetheless. Anyway, anyway. Uh, almost 40 years later, in 1935, the property changed hands and the new owner, this man named Browley Oates, quite a name, Browley Oates, he decided to clean out the well with the intention of using it once again. Now, it's not a terrible idea, except for the fact that he did not uh, do anything to try to uh, uncontaminate the water, decontaminate the water. Um, so he basically just fished out all the trash and said, okay, this is ready to drink now. So just think about that for a moment. Um, if you had a bunch of metal garbage and you let a glass of water, you put it in a glass of water, let it soak, and then, you know, 40 years later you said, you know what, I'm ready to drink that glass of water now, and you fished all the metal out, it would still be bad for you, even though you took the metal out of it. So this man just said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to take everything out. I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this usable again, except he jumped quite a few steps. Uh, so I'm sure you can guess what happened when he drank the water contaminated by the supposed alien spaceship metal. He got really sick. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I feel like I can say that would happen even if it was regular metal. That just it makes sense. You would get sick if you drank contaminated water. And there's no fucking way in hell that shit was not not contaminated. Anyway, he developed severe arthritis in a very, very rapid fashion. Like, very quickly. Zero to a hundred. He had... His hands were basically unusable. They were twisted and knotted, and he, like, could not hold anything. Almost immediately. It happened real quick. Uh, which should not come as a surprise. And once he realized that he could not use his hands anymore, that's when he decided to give up on this crazy person pipe dream to use the alien debris well as his drinking source. And 
you know what? I wish he had done that in the first place. I wish he had given up on it right away. Not that I want people to give up on their dreams, but that one seems silly. Uh, and, you know, nice paying. Well, it's, eh. he paid the price for it, but he did learn his lesson, stopped using the well, and it was then filled with concrete and the top was leveled off to become a base for a shed. So that is the story of the Aurora crash. I think it's quite interesting because uh, for so long it was considered like a true story of a, a UFO crash. Um, and I, so I think it's a true story. I think a lot of people think it's a true story. Uh, but as we got more into the golden age of technology, um, people started to just write it off as a legend, uh, which I think is funny because that seems to happen to just about everything that is old. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think it definitely, something crashed on his property. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that it was maybe just an early, a early prototype of a, you know, a plane or something. You know, this was like, what I say, like six years before the Wright brothers flew their first plane. So, and like I said, it's not entirely impossible that it could have been, um, a man-made thing. Uh, but given the way they described the metal used, um, and the way that they like didn't find a motor, they couldn't figure out how it moved. Um, and the fact that they were all like, this is a fucking spaceman. This is an alien. Uh, you know, people from 1897 seem to be a little cuckoo bananas since they threw all the, you know, debris from this extraterrestrial crash into this man's drinking water. But I feel like most of us, and this probably goes for them too, can look at something that does not belong I don't want to say not belong, but it's not from our planet and go, yeah, that's probably not from our planet and be accurate. Um, but then again, I like to believe everything is everything that people say it is. So who knows? Um, that's what I have for you guys this week. I really enjoyed this, this one. Actually, I think there's a lot of interesting information in it, uh, from the crash to the way they handled this alien burial, uh, in this local cemetery alongside its like community members, you know, that's, that's crazy to me in like the best way possible. But then the added bonus of, uh, <laughs> the men from the 1897s proving that, uh, and the 1950 or 35s rather proving that <sighs> they really just do be like that sometimes by drinking this, um, alien metal water it's just all around very fascinating. So I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I do actually think I will go try and find the Aurora Cemetery, um, and maybe at least go see the historical marker because I think that'd be kind of cool. So anyway, um, that's what I have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed. Next week I will be back with yet another Texas topic. Um, so I hope you guys are ready. Uh, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.